Habits and a mode of our podcast, and this is our Christmas episode. And, and uh, watching this movie, I I was wondering where's the Christmas part? Why did I pick <laughs> this for Christmas exactly? <laughs> uh, did so, somebody uh, tell you to pick this, or was it on a list? It was on a list because I knew it's a classic musical slash so classic Hollywood, so it fits the one of the themes of the season. It's one I've heard the title many times. But I've never actually seen it till yesterday. Hmm. It's me, me in St. Louis. So yeah, J Dog, you're here, right? I suppose so. Okay. Although I might be on my way to New York. I just got a new job. No, I'm gonna. If you do that, I'm gonna uh, smash up your car so you can't leave. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't have snow. There were no cars in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> just trolleys. Yep. Yeah. All right, so returning from last season is Nolan from Cinema Parlor Podcast. What's up, y'all? Happy to be here. Uh, this is one of my personal favorite quote-unquote Christmas movies, so I'm excited to talk about it. Thanks for having me on. Cool. You're welcome. Yeah, I remember on some episode you mentioned your love of this movie. Yeah, and, it's uh, one I've definitely seen a number of times, and it, you're right, Spencer, you know, the uh, the Christmas stuff does not happen till late in the film, but sometimes that's enough, at mm-hmm. least for me. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, Jake, because this is another you you love this movie too, I believe. Oh yeah, this is actually a movie that I try and watch every Christmas. But as we pointed out, that doesn't happen till the very like towards the end. So yeah, it's a movie that I love, and I just seem to get more and more out of it the more I watch it. Okay, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I, I guess I'll start with the standard question, Joel. Had you heard of this movie before I told you we're doing this episode? <laughs> I mean, we have a name. Has anyone said the name of the movie? I, I did earlier. Okay, are you sure? I think so. I don't remember. No, I, I have. I'd heard of this movie because it's. I think it, it must be famous. You know. Uh, I never, you know, me and musicals gonna have to really uh, give me an excuse, like a podcast episode or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you, and you don't like musical episodes usually. I, no, oh. I listen. I don't know where that reputation started. Probably with me <laughs> saying I don't like musicals. Every uh, musical <laughs> episode except for one, <laughs> you're like I don't like the movie. And that, and the one that I wasn't on. Yeah. Correct. The one you. What was the last the one, one we did? The one that has not been released yet. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. You did like. Yeah, I like that. So that's two. Uh, <laughs> you like the one you were on? I liked most of this one. And. Most? Uh, okay. Yeah, the only thing I don't like is. Um, I just couldn't stop staring at Judy Garland's eyebrows. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, they are a little pronounced. Kind of really takes away from uh, whatever else is going on. No, uh, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. It's it was good. It felt short, which is weird. Like everything just kind of happened really fast. So I'm glad I watched it, and 
I would watch it again. Does that mean I like it? Does it? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah her, eyebrows, yes. her eyebrows are like Jack Kirby aggressive eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way I've ever, ever heard anything described. <laughs> Jack Kirby aggressive. Love that. That's it, it, yeah, if you if you're not a comic book person listening, just look up Jack Kirby art, and you'll see he <laughs> has he does eyebrows in a very distinct, aggressive way. Mm. All right, so uh, for, oh yeah, um, trans rights are human rights. If you don't, amen. Uh, uh, huh? I said amen. I was agreeing with you. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I didn't, I didn't understand. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Trans rights are human rights. Learn what's happening in your area. Uh, that affects you and other people more directly than what happens on national level. So it, yeah, get involved, vote. You know, just actually give a shit about other people. Especially if you're, uh, and I think it's part, Jolie always say like it's always important like for like straight people and like straight dudes and also to like get involved. Actually, you know, learn what was happening because yep. uh, yes. I feel like that's the population who's most likely to overlook it and forget. So, uh, uh, I heard some statistic uh, just the other day about, and uh, I, I don't know, it, it was who knows who made it, computer whatever magic made up in a magazine, uh, <laughs> uh, but I heard that a person who, uh, when it comes to like Black Lives Matters and stuff like that, mm-hmm. someone who is not, uh, one of, you know, somebody who was directly affected by what was happening with Black Lives, being... Uh, talking to another person who disagrees with that is more likely to convince them than like a Black Lives Matter um, heavy hitter or what have you. I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm just going to go back to sleep. Okay, go back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So in other words, you know, give damn about other people. It's important. It's Uh, decent. It is indeed. Yeah. I don't want to say, like, I would, I guess I might be an ally, I guess, but I would never be, like, a Joss Whedon type and be like, I'm a feminist, because if you're, because people I, like that kind of ruin. <laughs> I don't ruin even it. want to talk about Joss Whedon anymore. We really shouldn't even waste our breath with him, unfortunately. Know, he sucks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that's how I learned about feminism, and <laughs> I'm a little sad that that's how I learned about it, but. Here we yeah, are. That, so, yeah, I learned about because guys at the high school I went to were like, uh, "Feminism is stupid." It's like I don't know what that is, so I'll agree with you, so you don't beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took you. It took. It didn't take long to unlearn that toxic uh, masculine no. bullshit attached to it. For for me, at least. Yeah. Has anyone ever danced the hoochie coochie? Anyone. <laughs> I'm considering it, though. Yeah. Dance the Hoochie consi- Coochie, smoke the Smoochie Boochies. <laughs> I can't remember what the second line is. I don't know, but that's the best Kevin Smith reference I've heard all day in reference to me in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm considering, uh, chugging like the trolley. Is it chug, chug, chug like the trolley? I can't remember all those it, words anymore. I can't either. You know, I think I, she, I, I feel like they say a few different ones. Like, on the first time, to, I'm wondering if they say like, 
bang bang goes the trolley, but I don't yeah. know. I could be wrong on that. There's part uh, that they say bang. There's part they say clang. Yeah, they they use a lot of alliteratives. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I was shocked what I, that 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 song came from this movie. For me, it's like I've I've heard that song everywhere because it's you know it's it's everywhere. Right. There's definitely a few of them like that on here. You know. Yeah. Like you know, uh, being... the. Uh, have yourself a Merry Christmas, you know? Is that yes. really originated from this movie? Yes, it did. I was In so fact, wondering. yeah, there's... So the Hugh Martin, who was one of the writers of the music, there's a there's a, uh, a famous story that I absolutely love. Um, he was writing it, and, you know, that scene where she's singing it, it's, you know, it's supposed to be comforting, but he had originally wrote the line is, Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It may be your last. Mm. Next year we may all be living in the past, and then he, and then it goes on. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Pop that champagne cork now. Next year, or no, pop that champagne cork. We next year we may all be living in New York. Yeah, which fits for the story, except for sure. you know, it may be our last Christmas because apparently nuclear annihilation is coming for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, he said the he's quiet saying, part loud. Yeah, she said, uh, or the Hugh Martin said that Judy Garland got like mad at him. I was like, I can't sing this to a little girl like who's in like shambles. And Hugh Martin even admitted like later on, he's like, yeah, I was kind of a jerk and I stood my ground. And then uh, the guy who played Tom took him aside and says, you know, you know, you're being like a son of a bitch. Basically, is literally what he told him. But I just love that story. I just, you know. Whenever mm-hmm. I hear, you know, have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last. So, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, this is the first time I ever actually paid attention to the words, and it's like, oh, that's a deeper meaning to this than I ever realized. Right? It's, yeah, it's quite a depressing scene, but it it's is. beautiful at the same time. It's gorgeous. Yeah, lyrics are changed for most of the other versions you hear people sing mm-hmm. nowadays. Mm-hmm. Because uh, a little, a couple of specific parts uh, referring to the plot in mm-hmm. Judy's version, but man, that scene, uh, tear, you know, it started raining in my house. Not, let me say that, but oh, all of a sudden yeah. I was like, "Whoa, what happened? <laughs> Who's cutting the onions? My nose is stuffed. I don't." Yeah, so I guess, like, uh, Nolan, what's your history with this movie exactly? Like, can you even remember the first time you saw this Yeah, movie? to be honest, uh, I actually, I watched this for the first time probably, I'm going to say, five to seven years ago. And I was on a little bit of a Minnelli kick, so I was watching mm-hmm. a number of his films. And this is one I'd heard about for a long time. And obviously, it's a very well-known film, and Judy Garland... Uh, is a big reason for that, and uh, watched it. My first viewing of it, I liked it, but I wasn't enamored with it. And as I've continued to watch it, I think it's a masterpiece in my opinion. Now, uh, I've probably seen it five or six times at this point. And in our like pre-show, we were talking a little bit, and uh, Jake had mentioned that uh, the film kind of uh, grows on him the more he watch it mm-hmm. watches it and yeah. and i'm in the same boat as that and yeah. uh yeah it's just it's i 
I'm very impressed with Minnelli as a director. I, I love the way he stages and composes mm-hmm. his uh, musical set pieces, and um, even in his melodramas and 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 which there is some here, but just in general, like on his non-musical movies, it's very impressive as well. So he's just someone I, I have a great deal of respect towards. Have you seen Cabin in the Sky? I have. Yes, that's one of his. Is that his? first or one of his early movies if it's i'm not mistaken one of the first it was yes. the the same year it's one of the two movies that uh lena horn got to be a star of yes her, her uh, hollywood time and that was actually what that was the first Manelli movie i ever watched i actually watched it before this one um and i was quite impressed with it as well all right uh, jake what's your history with um this movie so growing up I always loved the Wizard of Oz and when I was a kid like I would find like certain actors and kind of like just sort of dig in to the filmographies and everything and Judy Garland has a really interesting one and I I saw it when I was a kid and it was like Nolan says like I liked it the first time but now that I'm like much older and I've watched it like I've realized how, like, how, like, weird of a movie it is in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, Tootie, probably my favorite character of all time Dude. in a movie. The, uh, the, the chaos the film needs with that yes. character. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I just think anytime somebody says, like, oh, they're dying, all I can think of is she has four fatal diseases and then the driver goes, well, it only takes one. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And it's just, I just love Tootie and I just, something I wrote down that, uh, yeah, I just, it's, and it's just, and it was like Nolan said, like, this viewing, I definitely noticed, like, a lot of the framing aspects and, Hmm. um, yeah, it just, because Vincent Minnelli made, you know, melodrama, melo, melodramas, melodramas, and uh, like the bad and the beautiful, mm-hmm. and that's you know, and those are really good movies. But um, it's just part of that like MGM musical legacy, really. Um, but yeah, I just I, I adore it. It's okay. it's the one. It's like one of three movies I keep in rotation during Christmas time. It's that. Uh, the shop around the corner in Black Christmas. Yeah. Lovely. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I was surprised to learn that Tootie, the actress who played her mm-hmm. Margaret O'Brien, is still alive. Yes. She is. I don't know if it's her birthday. She is um, uh, about six months older than my grandpa. Oh, wow. Well, I didn't know she was still alive, and I'm glad. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, one of her most recent movies is called <laughs> Halloween Pussy Trap Kill Kill. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> From 2017. I got I to gotta track that down, I guess. <laughs> thanks for the... Uh, well, I'm already making my list for next Halloween season, Spencer, so <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, she she's in a a bunch of lower tier stuff. Uh, lately, which is fine. Well, she's in her eighties now. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, that's that's impressive. She's still working. 
That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joel, they mentioned the, the child character. I know you, you have... Uh, I know you do, you're very judgmental of children actors. <laughs> yeah, no, she was fine. Although, I mean, I think in a movie set in a slightly different house that would be you know um what was a macaulay culkin movie where he was an evil home kid alone? oh uh the good son oh, it good is home son. Alone. no i was thinking home alone no yeah, yeah the good son. <laughs> she, she's basically the good daughter like chaotic yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yeah chaotic evil so yeah no she did she did good Okay. She didn't, she didn't annoy, annoy you or anything? Mm. I, was, I was expecting you to be like, I hate, I like the movie except for the kid. Oh, I got mad at the kid, but that's not, <laughs> that's probably good. You know what, Joel? I, I tend to have the same type of issues with children actors as well. There's there's very few of them that work for me. Uh, Tootie does here for me, but but I, yeah. I get your, I, I get your feel, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's... I mean, they're children. I'm not going to sure. start screaming about it. Thank God this movie didn't have a children's choir. That's like one of my huge pet peeves. It's like, and now the children are going to sing. I'm like, what the fuck? This movie's taking place on a ship. Uh, okay. Um, a shop around the corner has one, doesn't it? Um, I don't think so. Oh, okay. I just remember there's like... It's oh. actually, yeah. No, I don't remember there being a children's choir. But I was, I was thinking of uh, the bishop's wife. Oh, there's definitely a children's choir in that one. Um, anyway, Christmas time. Which, which one is the Denzel one? Bishop's wife or other? One? That's the preacher's wife. Preacher's wife. Oh, but preacher's it's just a remake wife. of the bishop's wife. Bishop's wife was Cary Grant, and I think Loretta Young. Okay. And David Nivet. Did I just David David Niven? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hold on, I'm looking. Are you guys okay. big uh, watchers of uh, Family Man with Nicolas Cage for Christmas time? Uh, what that? I haven't watched it. I mean, Mm-mm. I don't I, think I've ever like seen a it, decade. So. I mean, it's a bad movie, but I would suggest just checking it out at least once. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a sad movie. <laughs> there is some sadness there. Yeah, bummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I guess like the first thing that really stuck out to me was visually. I can't help but wonder: is this a reference point for the young girls of Rocheford? Mm. I don't. Know. I would. I would think yes. Yeah. Because specifically at the end at the Christmas party, when um, Rose and Esther are one has a blue dress, one has I think like a. Uh, red or orange dress, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like that. This looks like um, that was borrowed for young girls. And some of the color palette too feels like something that uh, a Demi yeah. would sure. have uh, been into. Definitely, I, yeah. I, I I would have to completely agree. Uh, there's there's no way Demi wasn't a fan of Minelli. Absolutely, yeah. Joel, do you, do, you, do you think there's a, con- a connection between um, young girls? Uh, uh, oh, like, uh, absolutely, of course. That's, that's a 
I think that's pretty good. Uh, well, you just have to watch the movie and watch the other movie, and you'll be like, oh, yeah. okay. But <laughs> it, all kinds like... of things that took inspiration from, like, uh, yeah, cause like... like Gigi. No, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, uh, the early uh, Demi films are all just like, what if, uh, like, MGM musicals continued for another 20 years? Definitely, yeah. An American in Paris, what else? These are all Manelli movies. Yeah, I have the pirate on the list because that one seemed interesting because everyone says it sucks for a Manelli movie. And I read some reviews of, like, it's a fascinating failure of a movie. I know. That's when I I have not yet. I don't remember it at all. Yeah, I was gonna say I have yet to watch that one, but uh, it's on my list, obviously. (laughs) I also have Gene Kelly. I watched a trailer today, and that trailer was not encouraging. It looks like a a weird mess of a movie. (laughs) I've seen uh, a few random scenes from it. Um, Sometimes on like going to pre-shows at the Alamo Draft House or wherever, they'll show clips from you know random movies and they tend to show one at a good good clip of that of that movie uh, uh, yeah there's a one of my dad's favorite movies of all time actually is a it's not really underseen but I don't feel like it's probably talked about as much as like this one would be um it's called the clock and it's with Judy Garland, oh, dude. And that's a really good movie. That's one of my dad's favorite movies of all time. I'm a, I'm quite enamored with with that one as well. I, I think, and that one came out just one year after this. I believe it yeah. came out in '45, right? Yeah. No, it did. Yeah that that movie is is pretty fantastic. It, it reminds me, and obviously, it's very different at the same time. But mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me something of. Uh, uh, close or um, I'm sorry. Give me a second here. Um, my mind went blank. Is it a British film? It is. Uh, you said brief. You started to say brief, brief encounter. encounter. Thank you. Okay. God. Yeah. Yes, brief encounter, and that one really comes to mind when I watch the clock. Huh. I might have to do a double feature. Interesting. Hell yeah. Yeah. So. Uh... I guess, like, to get more to, like, what this movie made me think of specifically, like, it's kind of a, I don't want to say hang-up movie, but it's kind of like meanders, and it's like, this is just a family doing stuff, and then the the plot happens in the last 30 minutes, which is not not a a slight, I I like this, the whole step, and then, like, oh, now you have to worry about something, and it it, it still (laughs) works, but, um... Yeah, it is odd that that, uh the conflict doesn't happen till about what we're, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes left of the film. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, a bold choice, but one that worked for me, obviously, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I do like, like what it does there, but it, it does take a while for the setup. Yeah. And, uh, specifically that, that the, like the, the actual plot part reminds me of, um, daughters of the dust, which mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a family has to move from, one place to another place um the movie el sir that we covered earlier in the season with john cribs it's uh who's that guy this he, he's a um del toro is a big no john uh, cribs was in the movie was <laughs> no it's a, I it's know a what direct, you're talking about it's uh, a director that um del toro is a big fan of and talks about a lot here i'll look it up 
and Elsa is kind of a similar plot of like a family going through something and then something happens and they are never the same. I've seen the spirit of the beast. Uh, Victor Eris? Uh, he's Spanish, so it's a crease, I think. Okay. I if, uh, if my memory serves, I think he has a new movie coming out. Or, uh, he, he does, and according to John Cribbs, it's not very good. Oh, that's that's a that's bummer to hear. It's his first movie in like uh, thirty years, and it's, Ooh, yeah. it's probably not very good. Uh, they saw that tiff. Oh, last uh, this year. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So Elser, Daughter of Dust, and this Japanese movie from a couple years after this, Ball at the Andrew uh, Andrew Manor. Andrew Manor, I think it's called. Uh, I got it on a, a website where you can find films that are rare. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it mm-hmm. at that. Sure. <laughs> and uh, it's just a Japanese family who, they're, they're nobles, and then this is after the war. The Americans are changing things, so they have one last party before they are not royalty anymore. And so that's <laughs> like another... Uh, I'm sure there's a, that's, that's like a random connection, but like it's... Yeah. Very similar and have kind of a melancholic uh, thing, and yeah, so yeah, for sure. So, uh, I haven't talking too much, Nolan, Jake. Why yeah. do you li- why do you guys love this movie so much? Uh, I'll go ahead real quick. Yeah, uh, you start, and I'll, sure. I'll jump <laughs> off of whatever you say. Yeah, so. The thing, the the family in general uh, really fascinates me here. I love the the dynamic of the family, and we really get that right at, in the opening scenes, as we're kind of introduced to all of our characters and, and the house they spend most of their time in. And I really uh, also like how the film is broken into seasons. Mm-hmm. Obviously, our last season we're there for like a minute or two before the film ends, but we are basically going through a year in a life of this family and it's it really is a just a piece on understanding how we live with each other families are weird you know families are very strange and this family is no different Mm -hmm. uh the ups and downs of uh those spaces and relationships. And I find that fascinating. I also love Judy Garland's performance here. Uh, her voice is, uh, unlike any others that I have heard and her dresses are spectacular. Uh, I also think her character is just really funny. She says a number of lines that make me laugh out loud every time. I watch this and the movie gets a little more funnier to me every time as well. And I am someone who also loves chaos. So the 2D character is uh, a character that really brings that for me. So uh, uh, all that put together, this is something that I, that kind of hits all my zones of interest here, if we will. And uh, so mix that in with, with Minnelli's direction. And I just find it pleasing. And, it's something that I have actually watched, oh, I don't know, 
once a year the last five years or so around Christmas time. And like we said, this is technically not a full-on Christmas movie, but I am not a very sentimental person. Uh, that, And it's a movie that... Uh, that just works enough for me that's like I can call this a Christmas movie and it's something that I enjoy watching every year so I'll mark it down as such yeah yeah I totally agree with that um like you're saying like the whole just living with it's you're like it's like you're living with the family you know I mean just mm-hmm. from that first scene in the movie you know expecting <laughs> expecting a lo- a long distance call from New York and you know you know, we need to make sure dinner's, you know, moved along so that way the whole family's not listening. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just, <laughs> I love stuff like that. And just, it, it just feels, it feels kind of lived in a little bit, too. Sure. Like, it feels kind of cozy. And, uh, and I also, I love that opening scene where they're, I just love the idea of like, like in musicals where there's like that traveling song. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. have seen the movie uh, Love Me Tonight. Mm, I have not. Uh, it's I think it's Marie Chevalier and uh, what's her name? I almost said Jeanette McCurdy, but that is not somebody in, from the 30s. Um, that <laughs> is, um, I think it's Jeanette McDonald. Mm-hmm. But there's an opening scene where a song is literally started by like the noises of a day starting in a little town and it just, it continues to travel and travel. And I, that happens in the beginning here, you know, mm-hmm. with the, the titular track, if you will. Um, and I just, I love the idea of like a traveling song and how it just keeps moving. And I just, and it's like you said, I love 2D's chaos Actually, mm-hmm. Tootie and Agnes are kind of like, I wrote down, like, because I, I love punk music. I'm like, they're kind of like punks a little <laughs> bit, yep. like proto-punks. Like, yep. it's kind of fascinating. and um, It is, yeah. It's funny when you meet Agnes, because you meet her first. And right. And you're kind of like, oh, okay, she's talking about some pretty fucked up shit. But then right. <laughs> it's nothing compared to when we meet Tootie. But <laughs> right. Because we go from, you better not have killed my cat, like... Well, yeah, that's the other thing is like the housekeeper's like, oh, I kicked your cat down the stairs, you know, and it's like, it's like, <laughs> For Jesus sure. Christ. <laughs> definitely. Um, it just, yeah, and it's, I, I definitely consider it a Christmas movie. There's also just, like you were saying, like Judy Garland, amazing. It's it's one of those things where it's like, come for Judy Garland, stay for Tootie. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. my cell. Um, also the line delivery, some of the line delivery in this movie is just great. Um when they decide that they're not moving and Warren Sheffield comes in and he just bursts in there and he's like, I don't care what you, you know, say we're going to get married, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then he, before he goes to leave, he points at Rose and goes, I love you. And I just, <laughs> it's the funniest delivery or declaration of love. I think mm-hmm. I've ever seen in a movie because, and then, you know, Grandpa says, you know, well, he might be the first man to go on his honeymoon without his wife, you know. Just, <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah. And I just love it. It just, it feels, it does feel somewhat like kind of realistic to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe more in an idealistic way, but yeah, it just. Yep. I, I will also say, I, I think the film does a good job. Obviously, uh, you know. 
I was not around in the 40s. Uh, sorry, y'all. But what? Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> but I, I do think it does a good job uh, with Midwest life. Someone yes. who lives in Missouri myself. Um, I think it does a good job trying to uh, have a more scaled down approach in the relationships and the people you know almost kind mm -hmm. of saying hey you know we are uh, on a smaller scale here and that's something i like as well yeah i never thought of that actually that's a really good point um the uh can we also talk about how the dad's like kind of an asshole but also like a big softy <laughs> at heart mm. Alonzo really is, yeah. Yeah. And I just, you know, he needs a bath. Oh, <laughs> you know, I just love how they're like, oh, well, he doesn't like to eat early on hot days. I'm like, who the hell doesn't like to eat after a long day? Like, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, uh, yeah, dude, man. chill out. <laughs> when I get off work, I'm, I, I want some food. Right, same. Yeah, I'm like, I'm ready to eat. <laughs> but it's just like, no, no, no. He's got to eat after a cold bath, you know. <laughs> I've never had a cold bath for any reason, really, either. So that's, I mean, he's weird on top of that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, maybe he yeah. was too aroused and he needed a... <laughs> <laughs> they were having corned beef and cabbage. And he said he could smell it when he got off the trolley. So maybe. <laughs> Go back there. Make your own meat. No. Uh... <laughs> I mean, like he's... He thinks he's the master of the house, right? Like, they right. follow his rules. He goes out and makes the money all day. and He's he's Papa. He's right. in charge. And just just that first scene at the dinner table when it's obvious every single other person knows something that he doesn't know. <laughs> just Yeah, that's true. Just stares him down. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love the... Uh how small the pieces that Katie cuts from the corned beef. <laughs> and he's like, he's really pissed off and I get it, man. Like, I was like, look, I'm ready for dinner. I want some big fucking slices, corned yeah. beef steaks here, yeah. you know, <laughs> if anything, yeah. they should have filled his plate right away so that he would finish early. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. And then, so uh -huh. the ketchup they were making at the beginning, was that what they were eating for soup? Because they called it ketchup, and I was like, are they eating ketchup? No, I was going to ask that. They put the ketchup in the bottles. You see that one scene. Oh, yeah, that's right. But it was just, it was too coincidental, like, oh, here's tomato soup, you know? <laughs> yeah, she used the same ladle. She just knocks it over the sink without washing it and sticks it in the soup. A little ketchup. Mm. <laughs> I do like that the uh, the two older characters are the only one that, uh, the only ones that, uh, think it's perfect because of the sourness yeah uh, uh, yeah like the, i watched it a second time this morning because when i watched it yesterday i was uh, a little too tired to fully focus on everything mm -hmm. but watching it again like i i noticed a lot more of the jokes i noticed um as like plot more well like, it, it really started to sink in because the first time through it was like I enjoyed it a lot, but I uh, just wasn't fully, uh, mm -hmm. fully, you know, uh, uh, paying attention to everything. Then second time through, it was like, okay, I, 
and I am liking this movie a lot more now since I'm more awake and it's not midnight. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It, it it does feel to me like it's a very rhythmic movie. And so if, if you're not on that rhythm, I, I think there is trouble to be had. But, but if you do, I don't see how it cannot be something you find pleasing, in my opinion. Yeah. And like one, like, and uh, the second time I paid closer attention to like the cast list at the beginning, and I saw mm-hmm. a name, Chilla Wills, <laughs> and my first thought was, that can't be a real person. Come on. Oh, unfortunately, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, and uh, looking at his stuff, he's he's uh, did westerns and the Francis movies with the donkey. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Who's Mister Neely? Yeah. yeah, he's the ice. He's the uh, ice guy at oh, the beginning. Okay. Yeah, which you know uh, he—that's a good character. I know he plays yeah. a small part, but it, it is a really good scene introducing you know Tootie through yes. that character. Because I love how they're like, "Well, where's Tootie at?" And the mom's like, "Oh, she's probably on the ice truck. Like, no big deal, you know." <laughs> <laughs> Like their yeah. youngest daughter's just with some stranger, you so know. It's, 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 she's got, she's got a, a freedom that is concerning, you know. Right, and she exactly. does really weird stuff with that freedom. Like that character is yeah. fascinating. She really, really is. Like yeah. all those dead dolls buried in the backyard. Like, <laughs> what the hell was that ceremony that the kids were doing? <laughs> at Halloween? Is it just like a normal thing? No, I, I don't I mean, know, but I love that part too. It, like, I it love is that odd. Part so much. <laughs> yeah, it weird. seems they've made up in their minds that uh, one of their neighbors is a uh, a villainous uh, person, and and they've decided, well, we're going to uh, kill them with flour. Kill them with flour, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to work out great. <laughs> that is Which, such I mean, that's, kid yeah. logic, though. You <laughs> For know, sure. like yeah. we're going to kill somebody with throwing flour in their face like mm. it makes no sense whatsoever but you know <laughs> here they are yeah yeah that, that that like when i was just real tired that was just like i'm so confused right now but i have to keep <laughs> watching this if it if it makes you feel any better spencer i was the same way on my first really <laughs> couple viewings of that it, yeah. it took me a while to really embrace that scene uh because it, it does it just you know it, when it moves into that autumn slash Halloween section, it's kind of a bit jarring right at first mm-hmm. because of you know the that first kind of third of the film and and so it took me a while because I don't think I even really fully comprehended what they were doing until my second or third viewing just because I almost zoned out each of the first couple times watching that scene. Yeah. And for me, this is a me thing. I thoroughly have a strong disdain for old Halloween costumes. They are just too <laughs> creepy to me. Mm-hmm. And seeing oh, those yeah. old Halloween masks was just... I want like second time through, I, I fast forward a couple parts because I just don't want to see those, <laughs> those, those gross ass masks. They are just they're so, so good though. That's what I love. Yeah. I mean, like I know you're you know you're obviously terrified them, but like they're so grotesque. I love them. Like. I, I can't. It's just. Uh, I get it. I get it. Gross. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, um, did did they creepy out too? Um. No. I. I mean, like they were creepy. I thought that was excellent. 
the only thing I wanted to say was I was very nervous about a bunch of children with bags of flour around a huge mm. open flame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, just something I was like, I, re- I really hope that's okay. Uh, it's a movie; they're not going to blow up each other. But uh, mm-hmm. we don't want a Twilight Zone the movie situation. If I remake oh. this movie, though, uh, the little girl's going to go to that guy's house by like, well, throw the flower in his face and say, "I hate you," and then light it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Jade, uh, Virgil, going off your uh, your thing about the uh, the freedom of the children, watching this made me think of uh, my neighbor Totoro and oh, right. uh, To Kill a Mockingbird mm-hmm. and like that kind of childhood story of these kids are kind of wild and can do what they feel like doing. Mm-hmm. And it's also very wholesome, but there's a weird darkness beneath everything. Yes, but it's also sure. very wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> like basically the idea of the the white van, you know, and the the kidnapper or whatever, <laughs> only only came about in the 1980s. Like before that, it was just kind of not talked about or or thought yep. about or anything like that. Well, kids will do what they want; they're fine. Yeah, kidnapping <laughs> kids wasn't something that was normally. Oh gosh, I remember I I listened to a true crime podcast about like one of the first kidnappings because at first in America kidnapping wasn't even like a major crime like it wasn't considered a crime and uh, I don't remember the case but it it was wild Um, uh, probably wasn't until like the Lindbergh baby that kidnapping was like Taken seriously, yeah, which is sad, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, th- there's one thing I have to talk about, which is the 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 party during the summer section, mm-hmm. where yes. Judy and um, uh, where uh, Esther and uh, Tootie do the cakewalk together, mm-hmm. and well, uh, the thing of the, the cakewalk is that that is a minstrelsy um, staple. Is just like a mm-hmm. big part of blackface minstrelsy. Mm. And seeing this movie was like, I was half paying attention. I was like, I heard Cakewalk. And I was like, are they really going to go? Are they going to do blackface in this movie? What the <laughs> fuck is this? <laughs> and thankfully they didn't. Sure. But it's, it's still veered into like, this is weird seeing some minstrelsy bullshit in this movie <laughs> for mm-hmm. me. I would assume you would criticize the scene for not being more accurate. I'm sure Vanelli was like was aware enough to be like maybe he'd skip blackface. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I did not know that was a minstrel show. Oh uh, yeah, it's um, that's unfortunate. If I remember correctly, it was started on plantations as a way to make fun of white people. But seeing mm. this movie, white people doing this, it's like <laughs> it's like oh, do they know this is, a, this is supposed to make fun of white people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah like a bad reverse Uno. oh wow it's yeah i'm watching uh, on wikipedia if you look up cakewalk there's just a, a video that is playing on the right hand side where usually it's got a, a little bit of a uh, fast information and oh it, yeah they look like they're prancing around like ponies it's just like oh, oh, oh yeah yeah okay that's funny that's interesting 
Yes. I'm going to use uh, my credit card. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I could come up, because I, uh, communal, I look, when you do, do Google search for me being St. Louis, you sometimes will see, it'll say controversy, and that, it just means like the cakewalk scene, It's which I think some people kind of overblow. It's like, mm-hmm. there's, it's just 1944, there's so much worse oh, sure. than, yes. than like appropriating cakewalk. Yeah, definitely. In a very light way. They, uh, I do really love how certain words are used as, like, they're, like, treated as cuss words. Like, somebody says darn. I think Tom says darn, and he's like, oh, uh, pardon my language. Or not Tom, John. John Truett says, like, darn it. And he says, like, oh, pardon my language. It's just, it's kind of like getting back to what, uh, about the Midwest, it's very Midwest. Like, oh, mm-hmm. pardon my pardon my language there, but you know, darn it, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. John Truitt is truly a. Uh, I don't know what's the word here. He is a dump weed. I don't know if that even makes <laughs> sense, but like, he's just good. he's he's not a very. Uh, charismatic person uh, no he's, he's kind of wallpaper a little bit you're right he's um oh Joel, who's the guy from footlight parade he said is human is a white paste as a human oh i don't remember i'll look it up real quick <laughs> Foot, footlight parade right yes there's a guy who's in a lot of pre-code musicals who was like very bland oh it's it's uh the dick powell yeah, I think that's who you were talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah, that 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 checks out. Yeah, yeah, okay, yep, that's him. I just looked at his picture. He's like the Dick yeah. Powell we have at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like the guy's attractive, I guess, but like, sure, there's nothing going on. <laughs> I I do think he's handsome, but um, yeah, I agree. And it would it would appear Esther just really wants to get married as as most mm-hmm. as Rose does as well. I, I do find it funny early in the film. And she's giving Rose uh, uh, shit because uh, she's in her early twenties and she's not yet married. Right, and I love that seem... too. <laughs> right, it's like, <laughs> well, was... you're gonna be a spinster. So what did she? Hold on, I wrote. I actually wrote that line down because it made me laugh. What did she say? She said, "When you get to be my age, there are other more important things <laughs> than boys." Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to real quick talk about the the scene right after that party sequence and it, to me it, it it's my personal favorite scene in the movie it, it's where Esther and John Truitt uh turn off the lights together yes and I, I find it very sensual uh mm-hmm. and I think it's probably some of the hottest filmmaking definitely from the 40s mm-hmm. and it just it it's such a um, event, and when they turn those lights off, it's almost like they're eye fucking each other, and I, I really appreciate yeah. it. You know, yeah. it, it's it's something I find very well done in the movie. Yeah, and like it, it's preceded by the sisters talking about like I'm gonna kiss him tonight, and she's in the Eric Rose says like. Uh, you can't kiss a boy unless you're engaged. That's right. 
That's such a great. Uh, there's uh-huh. so many lines like that in that movie that are just. I can just imagine like the 1940s, just like everybody in the audience like roaring with laughter because it, it's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, be rude of a yeah. gentleman, right? Yeah, like if my grandma saw, uh, I, I love, I, I mean it's respectfully, but if my grandma was a wild, uh, a, a wild teen when she was younger, mm-hmm. and I was seen off with boys, and like her seeing this movie, she'd be like. Uh, like this is ridiculous. Like she would think that's hilarious. <laughs> How wholesome uh, everything is. That's great. Like yeah, she that... started dating my she started dating my grandpa because she saw him somewhere and was like, "That guy is hot. I'm gonna break up with my current <laughs> boyfriend to date him." That's great. And now I'm here as a result of. <laughs> result of hey. Good coincidences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do really love that scene where they are turning the lights off. And it's just, and it it's so, it just looks good, too. Like, just how it's shot, it's just, yep. it's just, it's, yeah. yeah and, I, like, the way, like, they're, they're holding each other, and it's, mm-hmm. just, it's, it's so simple. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's kind of like in, um, the piano, the part where, uh, uh, Harvey like just touches her leg, and the mm. hole in in her in her tights, yep. and like it, it's like it's just a, such a simple thing. It's like and it's like weirdly erotic, almost. Yeah, it's it's true. I I completely agree with that. Uh, I enjoy the thrusting handshake at the end. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. I knew it was finished. <laughs> Deny of the hug or the kiss, but the th- the the thrusting handshake. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell, like, I-, I love how disappointed and upset she is at the same time at John Truitt. <laughs> yep. It's like, come on, dude. Smooth move. Excellent. Scared <laughs> of mice, my ass. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, the only thing this movie's missing, honestly, is a naked Harvey Cartel, since I just brought up <laughs> the piano. <laughs> that would make it a David Lynch movie, I feel like, at that point. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, it's missing was an Edward Scissorhands. Come on, let's throw other characters in here. Why not? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, uh, Joel, uh, what do you like about this movie that we haven't gotten into yet? Or stuff that, you know... I mean, stuff that we haven't gotten into yet. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I, I have any of that, like... Uh, at first, uh, every character, you know, but trying to get used to who's who, and they're all singing the uh, St. Louis song. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like, I really knew, felt like I knew each of the characters in, in a way, like personalities and and stuff like that. It's it's just like so easy to fall in love with a family. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. start, you know, I enjoy the music. Like, like you said, uh, the trolley song I've been hearing yeah. since I was born, probably. And it's a great it's... point. It, it with 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 especially these '40s and '50s musicals, like they work the best when the songs work, and yeah. not only are they telling a story, but they're pleasant. To the ear. Mm-hmm. 
I, yes. I do catch myself singing the trolley song from time to time. Like yeah. when I'm working or something, you know, it's just, it's it's a good working song, mm-hmm. kind of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. It's Yeah, like that's why I'm trying, I've been trying to pinpoint where I first heard it. feel like maybe i'm wrong but maybe the simpsons had yeah, something that, with that's exactly point. what i was thinking yeah absolutely they do sing the song okay um, possibly in the uh, b flats episode no no I, i'm not sure oh the george harrison episode right mm-hmm. is george harrison shows up in that episode yep okay. yep he says hello homo i'm george harrison <laughs> <laughs> and then he says like something uh, what a what a funny little man or something <laughs> R.I.P. bro yeah, and, yeah and like uh, I haven't seen that much like 1940s stuff but the the way that it shifts sh- uh, shooting style between segments uh, mm-hmm. was uh, it's very show-offy but I liked how show-offy it was because yeah. like the the opening segment feels very like classic Hollywood, classic musical, mm-hmm. and then the Halloween section is like I guess maybe a handheld uh, portion because it it felt yes. like weirdly modern the way it, it was does. Filmed. It does, I, yeah. You, I, yeah I agree with you. Point. Yeah. Um, Which I like read it? actually that the like the season segments like with the greeting card, um was apparently uh, influenced by something from the Magnificent Ambersons, which was two years before that. So mm. huh. uh, That makes absolute sense. It does, yeah. I but, guess we, we never really got, to, got into it proper, but... Uh, uh, like, would it, is it... Does this movie have, like, a real plot, or is it just kind of, like... A bu- this hangout with a family. Is this is this a hangout movie? It is a hangout movie. Like a mm-hmm. plot? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it it's very simplistic when we when you come down to it. It's um, we're hanging out with people, mm-hmm. and then as we discussed a little earlier, we don't really come to a conflict until uh, almost two thirds the way through the movie, yeah. and then when we hit that conflict, it's really not that big in the movie until the last. I don't know. 15 minutes or so when we're at the ball and uh, it's really hitting the characters that, well, I guess we're going to be leaving soon. Uh, So yeah, I, I agree with that Spencer. I do think this is more of a hangout movie uh, and uh, I'm good with that. Yeah, Yeah. I I would agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Cause I kind of skipped the whole asking Joel to summarize it because there's not much to actually summarize in terms of a plot aside of (laughs) dad gets a promotion Mm. He, uh, they don't move to New York. They don't move, and to I guess New York. that's the plot. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, I guess it ultimately is a um, a lesson of home is where the heart is, and it's yeah. that's beautiful, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah and like uh, so last, my first viewing of this, I I felt like I, besides feeling like kind of underwhelmed, my first 
reaction was like, this just feels like that like weird Americana nostalgia stuff that is kind of coded racist that I don't like at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then second viewing, it, it it started to be be more clear. I noticed like the weird dark edges to it. I really noticed mm-hmm. Tootie's yes. um like chaotic energy, and yep. it, it then started clicking. It's like okay, this isn't like this super like Walt Disney Americana bullshit. Yep kind yep. of thing it's there's more going on here it's 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 pretty clever yeah, yeah for sure you know spencer i'm curious and joel you you as well i don't if when you had those opinions after, after watching that for the first time on your end spencer like other than knowing we had to podcast did were you driven to want to rewatch it other than you said you know it kind of wasn't the best viewing experience in the first the first time around anyway but was there anything there that kind of was like hey i think there's a little more to to, to be looked into here uh the main i just wanted to hear uh the songs again that mm-hmm. was like the main thrust of like i gotta watch that again because i i like judy garland and uh, i like the all other songs in the movie yeah what about you joel did you watch it the one have you watched it a second time do you want to watch it a second time Oh yeah, I would. I would watch it. Um, I would even see my rating system for Letterboxd and, and such like that. It's been thoroughly thought out to a point where it's pathetic. No, uh, <laughs> so I put seven on there, which means that I like it. I would watch it again on purpose. Uh, but I feel like I should change it to an eight. Like I feel like. I have a okay. strong desire to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, like I said, it's just charming, to, and I really mm. want to. <laughs> I really want to like do almost a. I don't know, a paragraph for mm-hmm. each of the weird things that that little girl. <laughs> oh my gosh! Doing. I was just yeah. looking over the music list, and it was like, oh yeah, she sang "I Was Drunk Last Night." <laughs> I love that one so much. I quote that way more than I should as an adult. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, uh, my sister pawned over here, and she would agree with me. Uh, Tootie is basically my younger niece. <laughs> oh, that's that's nice to hear. I, I like uh, yeah, she's a lot. Sometimes it's like, <laughs> chill the fuck out. <laughs> it, it's fine. Just be, be calm for a second. <laughs> There's that line where she talks about uh, Mr. Neely uh, saying that she, Mr. Neely saw a drunk guy get shot and the blood squirted three feet in the air or whatever. And I'm like, geez, <laughs> Louise, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, would... this, is a good, this is a good movie to remind people who don't have kids or aren't kids a lot. <laughs> That's <Absolutely>. really weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. known that ever since Better Off Dead with the, the brother <laughs> character that's up to all this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Kids are weird. I don't know, but sometimes that's what makes them great for me. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I do love oh, yeah, that it, there is yeah. that like clear like separation of the, the two groups of sisters. Like You have mm. Rose and Esther who are, you know, more concerned about, you know boys and such and then mm-hmm. you've got agnes and tootie who are just like death 
poisoning people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. might as well just be like anti-capitalist kids. Like, might mm-hmm. as well get them started while they're young. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just and, love uh, that that contrast. And like, uh, like the the, the Esther character is basically like my my grandma and her older sister. It was, it was closer to Rose, like when they were growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. She was the more uh, my aunt Amy, who just turned one hundred uh, Ooh, two months ago. Roughly. Congrats! Congrats! Yeah, wow. that's awesome. Yeah, I haven't called her in about a month, so it's it's been a little too long. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah it's like uh, growing up. Like Amy was the one who's who was more traditional, more like, come on, don't 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 piss off mom. Just <laughs> just be like, just be normal. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she's the one who got married. By Charles, she got married to get out of the house. Yep. So like, <laughs> it's like that, like the sisterly as the sister aspect of it just made me think of like my grandma and her sister a lot, and also my other grandma, uh, who is where she it'd be inverse. She was the rose, and her sister was um faster. Nice. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> I I do kind of want to talk about the scene where um. You know, Tootie comes home and she's all banged up, and mm-hmm. you know she tells them that like, you know, John Truitt tried to kill me. You know, I just love how she just she's just so dramatic, like. And then Judy Garland's like fired up and just marches right over there and just beats the crap out of him. No, <laughs> no hesitation. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's basically it's death wish for a five minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that that part was again the first feeling on that part was like, wait, what happened? And and then <laughs> right. it ha- I, that was like again, if you're tired, this movie I don't think will really work because you you'll spend the whole time just kind of confused about everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah I, as much as i like that the the halloween the halloween segment for me that's probably the weakest part hmm. uh not that it's bad it's just like it's right. the weakest part right I, I think i can agree with that as yeah. well I, I i do it does lose lose a little steam there and mm-hmm. uh I, I do like it as well and i as the more i've watched it the more fonder i get of that scene but i i would also say that it does have the most lull in the film yes it is the equivalent to the scene in singing in the rain where Mm. Mm -hmm. they're talking about the plot of the movie that they're gonna make and it's like it's just like that long musical number for like 10 minutes or whatever and it's it's kind of the equivalent of that in my opinion no, I, 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 I'm with you there. Absolutely. That's the one where he has a big scarf and he's like in the green room or something. He's uh, like spinning n- around. I think so. It's the one with like the Louise Brooks lookalike and he's like, there's the gangster with the, the tossing the coin and whatnot. And it's just that like whole like prolonged, uh, like sequence where it's, you know, I think it's the guy to dance, you know, God to dance. So, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, okay. I, I've i seen Singing in the Rain is one of my favorite movies, but like we were saying about the Halloweens, I've come to appreciate that part, 
sure a little bit more but um i went with my friends they went with me to see it when it was in the movies and i remember looking at both of them and they're just like kind of like sinking in their seats like <laughs> oh my gosh when is this gonna get over that's <laughs> the worst feeling man <laughs> it is but then i'm like but then i'm like okay when i first saw it i hated it too but sure <laughs> i've seen it so many times that it, like i've come to appreciate it and that's mm-hmm. kind of how i feel about the halloween um the halloween segment which i don't know why this is the first thing that's coming to mind but like kind of reminds me of a ray bradbury story Mm. i don't know why i don't know if it's just that nostalgic Mm. sort of look back on time yep yeah see i mean there one cast member that i have to bring up is marjorie main yes she is the maid katie who, which yep. in the um in the credits it says Katie, parentheses the maid, <laughs> which is <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, but she is in Marjorie Maine is in um the women, and she's my favorite yes. part of the women. Mm-hmm. She's like the woman who runs the hotel for like uh, women who are getting divorced or something. Okay, and she's uh she's really funny in that. She has some great line about like. I had five of them, and then <laughs> like uh, the main girl says, "I can't remember who it is." It says like uh, children. She says, "No, husbands." Husbands, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's really good, but she she definitely uh, does very well at, at line reading and and timing. Um, yes, she's very funny in this movie. Yeah, like yeah. when she says like cabbage has the smell of cabbage. Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> For sure. It's <laughs> like the supporting cast is really good. Like we didn't even talk about that. Like freaking Mary Astor's the mom. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, for, yeah. I mean, there's um, Harry Davenport as as Grandpa. I, yeah, I think he's a God, star. Bless yeah. Grandpa. Grandpa. Grandpa he does. Grandpa's who the like the man I would aspire to be at his age, at his <laughs> for age. sure. Like, like just so supportive, and like as. As weird as it would be now to go to a dance with your grandfather, I thought that was super sweet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, he, he he's definitely a he, he's an all star here. You know. Yeah. Have you watched yep. uh, Dairy Girls? Those I have Netflix seen show? a few episodes. Uh, Dairy Girls. It's a UK. Um, yeah, it's it's, I guess it's on it's Netflix. Com. I think. Yeah. Joel, have you seen I... it? No. Oh, okay. It's very funny, but uh, is it okay? The the uh, grandpa and Meet Me in St. Louis is kind of like the grandpa and <laughs> I um, never thought about that. That's a good comparison. Because <laughs> there's even a part where there's like a school dance where uh, the cousin Orla, who lives with um, the main girl, uh, goes to dance with her grandpa, and she is fully into it and just like having the best time going to dance with her grandpa. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Yeah, I just yeah, I love Grandpa. I, th- something that I feel I realize we just haven't talked about because he's barely in the movie is is I think the oldest son, Lonnie. Yeah, like nobody like really remembers him, and he's kind of like a very minor plot point in getting the party because they're throwing the party to celebrate him going off to Princeton or whatever, and it's like, yeah, he he's is, he's there. He's yeah, there. yeah, he is there. really there. <laughs> I agree like with Judge that. Judge <laughs> Reinhold a little bit. 
Yeah, uh, Henry Daniels Jr. I don't think he had a huge career from what it looks mm-hmm. like. Uh, maybe, according to Letterbox, he starred in eight films. Uh, I think he's fine here. I, I have no problem with him. I think he's a handsome man. I think yeah. he he's he's good at what he does, but he's just not given a lot here. No, he uh, yeah, he's kind of like, he's kind of like setting dressing. Mm-hmm. Like he shows dressing. up in the beginning, and then there's a long time where he doesn't say anything. And at the party, he's like, he's your neighbor. And I think that's like the only dialogue I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, towards the end, he has a little bit more dialogue when they're arguing about, you know, their dates for the dance. But right. Yeah. Yes. That good. um, The good switch that that happens where everybody gets happy there. Right. Uh, Joel, did you think the brother just disappeared into the background? Yeah, there's that scene where he goes upstairs, and then the next episode is just no one ever talks about him again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember. I I can remember what he looks like and everything because he's got parts. Uh, he's not like every single set piece there, but uh, I didn't know who he was at first. Sitting at the dinner table, I was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, they have a brother. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, I I have a few lines that I would like to say that I love in the mm-hmm. winter section in particular. Mm-hmm. And this is in regards to Judy Garland's Esther character. Uh so they're they've got a dance or a ball that they're all going to and things don't particularly work out for everyone to start with. And uh Lonnie and Rose, uh, both their uh, love interests are going with each other, so they decide to go with each other, which is also strange, a, a brother and sister going yes. together at this dance. But um, everything is looking good for uh, Esther yeah. until uh, John Tr- uh, Truitt, uh, well, he was playing some basketball, and he doesn't get his tuxedo in time. And so I, I really like that conversation. And after it happens, um, you know, of course, Esther's pretty upset. And he's, like, apologizing. And one of my favorite things she says is, uh, John, I'm not mad at you. I, I don't hate you. I just hate basketball. And <laughs> I was that really gets me every time. <laughs> and then basically right after, after she says that, she's – she goes up to talk to her to her grandpa and and she says i just wish i was dead is all you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i just love how dramatic she is oh yeah this um yeah, but the, uh, you know when grandpa is talking about like well i just happened to take my tux out of the you know moth yeah. or whatever and, and uh i i swear i was like Oh, he's gonna give his tux to the guy so that they can. Oh go. yeah, you know, like, no, no, I've seen the dance, I've babe. seen the movie <laughs> so many times that like my brain went in that same direction too. I'm like, but that's not mm-hmm. what happens, and it's just right. <laughs> no, Grandpa wants to dance. He does. <laughs> he does definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's see anything else. Uh, oh, uh, Joel, you were quiet during the Halloween section discussion. Do you think the Halloween section is the least strong section in in the whole movie? Eh. I mean, I, I was listening to what you were saying. Yeah, um, there are definitely some lulls. Uh, the, 
and not the funny kind, uh, like uh, <laughs> LLs. Um, <laughs> like specifically, I noticed when the you know the Tootsie is that her name Tootsie, I mean, Tootie 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 Fruity Tootie Tootie. <laughs> he's uh, going by herself to the door that nobody wanted to go to and we stay with her for quite a while when she yes. walks to and when she walks back it's it's like kind of okay mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if they made that much footage just in case the the little girl did something weird and they could cut him whenever they want but they use the whole thing yeah uh I've got a question. Well, two questions for everyone. Uh, question one: uh, What is? Could I get everyone's favorite season that uh, or favorite part here that that takes place throughout the film? Uh, I go summer. Yeah, I'd say I'm summer basic. as well. Uh, no, I, I think that's a good. That's good. I, I'm gonna. It used to be summer for me. I'm going with winter here, just because. That's what I'm I. Okay, I like the the melancholy there, and and yeah, it also with with me loving this as a quote unquote Christmas movie. I guess that's where I go here too. And mm-hmm. but just that Judy Garland singing of "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas," I, I think is such a strong scene, and yes. it. I am not, I'm not a crier in movies and and I don't really cry here but I feel sadness. Be- mm-hmm. And mostly in that sadness I feel through um what's to come in life. <laughs> I yeah. have a I have an issue with that sometimes thinking about uh, the future and like you know at some point um things are not going to be as as good as they are for me as they are right now. So mm-hmm. I don't know why but I think about that when I watch that scene. <laughs> Well, and, and Tootie sells that really well. I mean, if you watch her during that whole scene, she's just like, I don't want to, maybe sulking's the best word, but like, mm-hmm. she's just, she's there, but she's crying like almost quietly. And I think, and I get, it's just, yeah, it is a beautiful scene. And I also love how it's lit because it mm-hmm. does feel like a winter night. Mm-hmm. with snow on the ground and almost that you know how like in like the stark darkness when you live in the midwest and there's a ton of snow on the ground how sure. white you can see the snow oh, definitely, man. Yeah. you know what i mean and i feel like that is really carried over really well in that scene uh, yeah i agree joel what's is there anything in particular that stood out to you in that winter section well, after the Christmas song, Tootie, uh, uh, Tootie runs downstairs, mm-hmm. and she gets some piece of wood or something, and starts chopping away at the snowman. And mm-hmm. it was actually kind of disturbing, in my opinion, yeah. <laughs> the way the snowmen fall apart and how how well made they were, and, and yeah, like I think it's. It, it works and it doesn't work. It, it works because it was absolutely, you know, you, you could say that the sorrow she's feeling feels right. like her world is being destroyed. And so she's going to destroy what she has left before everything so else. So nobody can. else can have it. Yeah. And right. on the other she hand, has, uh, 
and she's taking her her uh, her uh, rage out on her on her family in a safe way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Not, like not a great point. Yeah. I do find that scene that part really heartbreaking, though. I don't know why. Yeah. But it's just well, like, she, yeah. It's just and I but I also find it kind of beautiful at the same time. Like it's weirdly like. I don't know. It's because she's the one she's just and I think it's maybe like her height difference between all of the snowmen and she's just bashing them in the head. And it's just Mm -hmm. such an interesting. Yeah, I I also think it's. Oh, definitely. And I, I also think it's it's important because. It's ultimately the first time. Well, maybe not first time, but but it's 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 the moment that kind of puts Alonzo over the edge of like. I don't yeah. think we need to move at this point, uh, <laughs> because. <laughs> well, first off, I don't want my uh, possible uh, murdering daughter murdering <laughs> someone for real. Yeah, right. And but um, uh, it it definitely um, kind of shows the the distress and mm-hmm. anger and I think Tootie speaking for the whole family through that yeah. moment. Definitely. I also, um, yeah. Well, and then the way that he wakes everybody up and, um, and he's like, I just decided we're not going to New York. And it's, I think that's just kind of a lovely little scene. Like it's, it's heartwarming and, you know, and then, Oh, and and then the other thing that I don't know, it makes me kind of sad that Tootie's like, well, how is Santa going to find us? Like, sure. You know, Mm -hmm. because like their identity, that's another thing is like their identity is like so rooted in living where they live Mm -hmm. um, that it's just like she's she can't and she's so young, too. So she doesn't understand, you know, Mm -hmm. moving. She's because it's all she's ever known. Mm-hmm. And um, so she doesn't understand. Like, well, how is he gonna know where we're at? Like, yeah, yep. it's just it's. I love that that scene is definitely like after the dance is definitely like a mood. Yeah, yeah. Jake and or Spencer, are, is there mm-hmm. anything? On 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 the summer section, I know we've talked we we've talked a lot about each of those, but it, is there a particular scene or <laughs> or performance in general that kind of makes that your uh, favorite section in the film? I think for me it's just the the beginning, how you move through the house with different characters, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you get to you get to see a little uh, you get like the intro for everyone, and it's like this. Uh, it, it does a great job of like here's a quick one minute interaction with someone and you know and you know exactly whose character is mm-hmm. and the cameras move through a house and it's like this very cinematic way of mm-hmm. showing like this is where the movie will take place right and here are all the characters yep definitely mm-hmm. yeah i i particularly really think that the phone call is probably one of the funniest scenes ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think mm-hmm. it's so funny. Um, I wrote down at one point you could. What was it? I said you could cut the sexual tension 
with a knife if you were trying to <laughs> cut into ice. Yeah. A butter knife. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's just like, it's so clumsy and so stunted. Granted, it's a phone sure. in the, the early <laughs> 1900s, but it's just like. Yeah, uh, it's good. I love how the, they're yelling at each other across the uh, the line. Right. <laughs> well, and then I love how, I can't remember if it was Tootie or Agnes repeats what Warren says on the phone <laughs> she because does, it's yeah. so loud <laughs> that they can hear it. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah, and, and Grandpa says like, "Oh, uh, good, good evening, Joe," and looks under the table. Right, <laughs> that is a great bit. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, I just I, I love that whole dinner scene, and you know, just yeah, I that's that's the big that and like. Spencer was saying, like, the beginning, it's it's almost like there's, like, a little baton passing of everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and just, it just feels like a day in the life, and it's just, yep, it, it yep. just, it's, it's lovely, yeah. Yep, definitely. My other question I was going to ask you guys real quick is, uh, do you have a favorite musical number in the oh, film? Man. I'll just start by saying, um... I'm going with with the opening track actually, mm-hmm. uh, the Meet Me in St. Louis. That that's one that actually gets stuck in my head um, multiple times throughout the year. Um, yeah. So, uh, and you guys both did a good job of of, of talking about um, how that how that opens the film and and understanding the house and the characters. But it really is a very catchy uh, little ditty yeah. as well. I think. Uh... When uh, Judy is like peeping on her hot neighbor, that song. I really ah, love. Yes. Oh, the boy next door. That is, yeah. that is a underrated mm-hmm. song in the movie. I yeah. think. Yeah, it's like it's not. Um, I had my notes like it. It, it reminds me of um, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street two, the part where <laughs> the girl is reading the diary, and she's like about like. I'm peeping on her neighbor across the street, changing, and then the Jesse goes, "Let me see, let me read that," uh-huh. <laughs> and like, and then that's that similar energy of like they're just like kind of like peeping on their neighbor whenever he's outside, it, mm-hmm. but not in a wholesome way, not not a creepy way. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I love that's, that man. I love that. I'm so, that's wow. I'm so glad that you brought up. Nightmare on Elm Street too, because I was just thinking it's about the, that the other day. It's the best one. <laughs> yeah, I haven't actually watched any of the other ones after it since I saw that movie. So, I've tried, and they're they're not really for me. Two is just yeah. really weird and mm-hmm. clunky how it's dealing with <laughs> with queerness. Yeah, oh, it definitely. is a fucking strange film, man. And I'm yeah. here for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's sure. so good. J Dog, have you seen Nightmare Two? Yes. One time, but it's incredibly memorable. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has that great line where, like, the friend goes, like, uh, so you're going to spend the night with me instead of sleep with your girlfriend. How did people not know at the time? Oh, they <laughs> line like that. Yeah. Um, I love in that movie, there's the funeral scene, which is the priest doing the least comforting job of comforting the family after somebody's been killed and the priest quotes the bible or something like that and goes they live by the sword and they die by the sword and i'm just like jesus christ 
<laughs> like somebody died and you're talking about mm-hmm. like consequences here and it's like what the hell <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah anyway yeah uh i forgot uh i can't remember where we were, we're talking song about choices yes so yeah. song choices great great pick on your end um yeah Jay Diesel, your favorite song? Oh, just the uh, "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas" because, like, I enjoyed all the other songs and stuff like that, but uh, that one was mm-hmm. punching me in the kidney. Yeah, dude, yeah. not very nice. <laughs> it fucking hits, man. I'm usually yeah. the crier on this show, not Joel. <laughs> not what happened right. here? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that you didn't say you know, I cried like six times. <laughs> um, I thought I would, but maybe if I watch like a third, fourth time, I, I might kick in. But yeah, mm-hmm. but, I'm uh, always I always kind of brace myself during that scene, like like I'm on like a roller coaster, like just like my hands are like really <laughs> like just like think of happy thoughts, think of happy thoughts. You don't want to cry right now, like. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Jake, uh, what uh, I think you're the only one we haven't heard yeah, from. Yeah, I'm gonna be super basic here and say the trolley song. Okay. Because I, I love in a musical when a song just will encapsulate the feeling of a character, and it encapsulates it so well. And I also think Judy Garland's like performance in that number is just off the charts. So good. Like her facial expressions mm. are. Like, for being as old as she was during that movie, like, she played a teenager really well. She like, sells it. Yeah. She sold it so well. Like, when he finally gets on the trolley and, like, yeah. I just, and like I said, that song gets stuck in my head almost as much as Meet Me in St. Louis. With yep. Louis, you know, and, uh, yeah. yeah uh, Nolan, is this a tradition at, at your house since you guys are in Missouri? Like you guys have to watch the the Missouri movie. <laughs> it should be, man. <laughs> no, you know what? I I actually I'm curious. I don't know. I've I haven't asked uh, my two roommates if they've if they've seen this movie. I would assume one or both uh, have. But Melanie was texting me a little while ago, and she okay. I think she said she loves this movie. Okay, uh, that that is that makes my heart happy. Good here. Um, and, and I don't know if Stacy has seen this movie. Because um, yeah, remember, Melanie was like, uh, we were talking about uh, Holiday Inn because it has the, the black oh sure sequence. Mm-hmm. In it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very. Uh, I, yeah, I won't talk about it, but there's there's a context behind that blackface mm-hmm. sequence in that movie. That's sure. a strange history. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. Anyway, she started gushing about. Uh, Vincent Minnelli when we were talking about that. Yeah. Yes. Which on our our show we need to do some Minnelli episodes. I'm going to bring that bring that up sometime in the future uh, because um like I've talked on about him enough, but I do like him a lot as a director. Yeah. But uh, but to answer your question Spencer, yes, this should be um this should be required viewing every Every uh, year, for the uh, Midwest heads here. Mm. 
Yeah, Jake, I guess that's you too. Since yeah, no, Missouri, I, I totally. You're... I'm in Indiana, but it's it still hits the same just as much. It. I feel like if I lived on you know, any coast, you know, east or west coast, it mm-hmm. it would be. Kind of like a comfort. Like if I was homesick, I would probably put mm-hmm. it on. You know, what it I mean? is definitely a, a comfort feeling. Yeah, uh, a film for sure. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, it's in, just... in the Midwest, we're all about comfort, y'all. Yes, okay. we are. <laughs> Sometimes we're a little too comfortable, but you yeah, know. agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can say I've been to the Midwest twice uh, as an adult, and uh, Minneapolis, which I guess counts. Okay. I'm not sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Which it's it's like Philly, but if it was clean. So it feels weird going there. So I felt weird in, in there. Yep. In Chicago, which I like, but I don't. Yeah. I don't feel like going back there again. It's you yeah. know I've been to Chicago twice. I've been to um, the tw- the Twin Cities once, and mm. that was fun. But uh, Chicago, I've been to twice. I have a cousin that lives there, and it's what's crazy. I'm just going to say about Chicago is um, I've drove there both times. It's about an eight hour drive from where I live. Mm. And on the way there, you're going through just this complete rural area. There is shit nothing anywhere. And then all of a sudden, just a huge fucking city just pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. And um, it it is a trip. That's all. That's all I got to say. It's kind of like, (laughs) it's just kind of like there's an explosion of a city there. You know what I mean? (laughs) I totally get it. Because I, uh, I'm not too far away from Chicago. Like, I could get there in, like, an hour if I drove. Mm-hmm. An hour and a half, maybe. Okay. So, I've been to Chicago quite frequently. Um, I had to go to... Um, oh, gosh. In, I had to go to Wisconsin. And I drove... That's the always the worst part, is driving through Chicago. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, but yeah, I do love Chicago. It's there's there's some great stuff there. Mm-hmm. I, I I would love to spend more time there, but I'm also kind of like Spencer, where like, you know, I I'm good, but yeah, I, <laughs> but I, I I would like to spend some more time there. There, I yeah. I would love to go to uh, the music box there. I, they have some great museums there. Yes, as well, the art museum. For, shout yes, out. Uh. absolutely. Uh, I'm a baseball fan, so I've gone to a couple White Sox games there, and that was Ooh. fun. <laughs> You've been to Guaranteed Rate Field? Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. I think that's possibly one of the worst naming <laughs> fields of all time. Agreed. Just Agreed. I, mm-hmm. No, you're uh, you're you're all right to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I don't understand it. You know, Kamitsky Park was pretty good. Hey, that's a solid. Yeah, solid name. That right was there. good, but you mm-hmm. know, we got to change it to you know. Whatever mm-hmm. corporation sponsoring us for right sure. now, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, okay, I got nothing else besides this movie is uh, it's a classic for a reason. It turns out, mm-hmm. and sometimes the stuff that are the the classics are genuinely really great, and this is one of the cases where it's like, yeah, this is a a great little movie, and mm-hmm. I'm glad I finally watched it. And uh, I want to watch want to watch more Vincent Minnelli movies. I want to watch The Pirate, not mm-hmm. for a show potentially, because it. <laughs> I, I feel like it might yeah. be boring. But it looks like a, <laughs> a a weird fucking mess of a movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
But. Spencer, I'll say right now, if, if you guys ever do any more Manelli for the show, mm-hmm. please let me know. I'll I'll always join for Manelli talk. So. Yeah. Cool. If you uh, want to come back for a Manelli episode, you can pick like the Manelli movies to talk hell about. Hell yeah, dude. Or movie, whatever <laughs> I feel sure. like doing. Let's talk about the reluctant debutante. It's got a nice. very, very young John <laughs> Saxon. That's right, it does. <laughs> does he have hair, or was he always bald? <laughs> no, he's got hair. You, you can see what he's been was trying for later. Oh, the, uh... is this a, was he like a Bill Duke in uh, American Gigolo, where like you see him with hair and it looks and it looks weird? No, no, he, he looks he looks good. You can see why he was a, a leading guy for agreed, agreed. a bunch of movies. Okay, if anyone has not seen American Gigolo. Bill Duke has hair, and he looks better bald. I'll see yeah. that. that. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it could have just been a bad haircut. <laughs> it, yeah, it could have been. But still, like, he looked, I think he looks better bald. A really underrated Vincent Minnelli movie that I absolutely adore is, uh, it's Gregory Peck and Lauren Bacall, and it's called Designing mm-hmm. Women, or Woman. Mm-hmm. And it is... It's definitely like on like a almost like a screwball comedy kind of level mm-hmm. a little bit, but yep. it's just a fun, fun romantic comedy, like just a lot of fun. Yep. Yep. Read the All title right, so. as Design a Woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's the family what was uh, reading it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, this is 1944. A bunch of stuff. Oh, I'm not going to even talk about it, whether or not "What Means Lily" is available. You can watch it; it's not hard to find. No. no. Okay, so 1944, a bunch of movies came out. Um, I have I feel like I have the least, so I will be kind of quick with mine. Um, and Joel, you can jump on uh, one of them because I feel like I have one of yours. Hmm. Uh, the most beautiful, the Kurosawa film. It's a propaganda movie about these women who volunteer to work in the factory making uh, airplane lenses, and it's about your duty as a Japanese citizen to help with the war, co- with the with the war, and helping your soldiers. And it's about personal responsibility versus like how it affects society. A standard of Kurosawa themes that shows up in a lot of his movies. So he got he kind of made his own a little bit, but that's not the important part of the movie. The important part is one of the actors and actresses is Yoko Yaguchi. Mm. Mm. Uh, she and Kurosawa got into a bit of an argument uh, during filming because he was treating actors, in her opinion, poorly, and then. A year later, they were married with a son. Wow. <laughs> wow. And uh, they were married until her death. I don't think he remarried after her death. That's like kind of the most beautiful story I think I've ever heard. I don't know why. Yeah. And, and uh, the movie is fine, I guess. But uh, it's more interesting because that's how Kurosawa met his wife. And I think she quit acting after that point. And uh, what other things to think of? Well, uh, okay. He called it his most personal film. Hmm. 
I never found anything to elaborate on that. And I imagine maybe because he met his, his love of his life making the movie, but hmm. I'm not really sure. Hmm. That's, but, uh, that's fascinating. It's for a completist. I, I would not say it's it's a classic. It's I think Jolie like would agree with me. Yeah, it's 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 for, for completists only. I think. Yeah. Um. So most beautiful, and then uh, lifeboat. The Hitchcock movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. It takes place on a lifeboat, and it's the only Hitchcock movie with a lead who is who is African American. And uh, he's not on the poster, but everyone else is on the poster. <laughs> yep. I wonder why. Anyway, it's a good movie, mm-hmm. despite the, my issue issues with the poster. <laughs> yeah. Yep. For sure. And I have a race film, which is the, the black movies of the time. Uh, uh, Spencer Williams directed movie. I have not seen it. It's probably on YouTube because all of them are YouTube now. Called Go Down Death, and it's religious themed because Spencer Williams made it. All his movies were themed about themed around church life and religion, mm-hmm. and uh, his movies are are interesting. I won't say they're great, but uh, the <coughs> William, Spencer Williams movies are definitely worth watching. And he got kind of blacklisted because he was on Amos and Andy, the TV show, oh, and he was yeah. asked to not participate in the civil rights movement oh, as wow. a result of his association. So yeah. he. His legacy kind of got tarnished because of that, and people forget about uh, him being like a a black filmmaker and mm-hmm. have his time in certain ways. So that's it for me. Uh, I'm gonna go next because I actually also have three. <laughs> um, I'm I'm choosing th- three short films here, uh, just because I have I've kind of. The big movies I've seen in 1944 are, are, are what most people have seen. So I'm, mm-hmm. I want to do some a little different. I'm a huge Three Stooges fan. Oh, so okay. I'm um, going to uh, name off, and they had more than just three, but I'm going with three of their 1944 films. And in the in 1944, they still had the three original guys: Moe, Larry, and Curly. Mm-hmm. So the first one I'm going with is Idle Rumors, directed by Del Lord. Um, mm-hmm. And this, uh, the Stooges are, are bellboys in a hotel and a, like a sideshow, uh, promoter, uh, arrives, um, as a wolf man and, uh, escapes, uh, and the, and the Stooges try to, uh, capture the wolf man, um, but, uh, he goes crazy and they end up, um, caught in an elevator with him. And he shoots them into the sky at the end. Um, yeah, good time. Uh, I'm a huge Stooges fan. So that's that's the first one there. Number two I'm going with is called Gents Without Sense. Uh, which I think is a funny line there. Uh, that one... I lost my place here. Give me one second. Okay. Uh, that one, uh, they are all uh, small-time actors looking for a job. And they meet some dancers and uh, get a little part in a show at a uh, shipyard. 
the rest of the cast doesn't show up, so the Stooges and the girls must do the show themselves. Um, it's a hit. The Stooges marry the ladies, and uh, they head to Niagara Falls for the honeymoon. So that's some good stuff there. And then the third short I'm choosing from them is called If a Body Meets a Body. And again, 1944. Uh, let me look and see. I lost my place again. This is great radio, podcasting, whatever you want to call it. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. I didn't write anything down. I don't remember this one, but it's funny. I like it. <laughs> it's got the Stooges. Go watch it. Yeah. Uh, those are my three. And then, uh, as we talked earlier in, in this episode, um, a year later, Minnelli would uh, come out with The Clock in 1945. So I would also recommend checking that one out. All right. Uh, would the other person that is not me like to go next? <laughs> saying something and it was recording it we'd see the meters moving so i don't know if uh we message him and say maybe leave the room and come back in yeah i have no idea what happened yeah it happens cast is like that sometimes yeah it's not the most stable it's been a while since it happened with us I think it's like been years, honestly, at this point since yeah. it's happened. <laughs> okay, anyway. Yeah, so, Jake, you uh, recommend stuff, 1944. Yes. Uh, I, Great Year for Noir, 1944. Um, I realized as uh, I was looking at the movies that I have already been on the show when we covered, or when you covered something from 1944. That is true. And that and is Arsenic and the Old Lace, which, you know check that episode out um the four that i would recommend are house of frankenstein uh love love i just love those movies um the original cinematic universe if you will uh what else is there um uh, 1944 was the year that Ingmar Bergman's first produced screenplay ever came out. Uh, it's a movie called Torment, um, and it's about a a student who meets this lonely girl, and she's struggling with alcoholism, and he's got this awful teacher who they call Caligula, and uh, <laughs> it's a really great movie. It's not like like a fun movie, but it's it's really good. Um, it was one of those movies I just kind of came across one night, and uh, yeah, it's his 
it's very cold it's a very cold movie but it's kind of uh reminds me a little bit of the blue angel um but yeah there's that and then if you're looking for something more light in 1944 you got the uh the thin man goes home so there you go nice yeah doesn't sound like a uh, thrilling title. I don't know if I need to watch it with a thin man going home. All right. Is it my turn? Do I have to go? If you feel like it. Can I use my skip? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think I did this when we did Arsenic and Old Lace because uh, the only thing I've seen really is movies that are pretty popular from that year with the exception of something called the Impatient Years, which I do not remember. Uh, so, cartoons. Because you know, they used to run just the Looney Tunes all freaking day, it felt like, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And Tom and Jerry. And even uh, a couple of my favorite Disney stuff came out just, just this year. Um, so... Goofy had one of his uh, cartoons where it's kind of like an instructional thing, mm. and this one, this one's how to play football. Oh, those oh, were always the, hilarious. Yeah, dude. I love those. Narrating voice, <laughs> describing as you know uh, things appear on the screen. Like I, f- I feel like um, I don't know where that uh, idea originated, but I've seen that idea so many times in like comedy sketches. It's like. Mm-hmm like this is what's going on for some reason it just looks crazy (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and it was great stuff uh one of uh my favorite disney cartoon character has always been donald duck and i can't really explain why i just i I don't know he's lovable and he's angry and (laughs) and he's uh, loyal to uh, and uh, kind of a bastard sometimes. Uh. Is it because he's a he's in the navy? Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> nothing but respect alert. for mm-hmm. servicemen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's Navy. It's a what's that called? Um, stolen honor. That's what's going on here. Yeah, <laughs> was in the navy. Yeah. Growing up, my dad would do a, a, a Donald Duck voice a lot. So I, I have a real, a real affinity for Donald Duck too. Yeah, <laughs> you just brought back this memory of my uncle who I haven't seen in like two decades uh, used to do a Donald Duck impersonation I don't remember if it was any good but he could say words I've never been able to say words when I try to do it uh, I just so, gotta say my favorite Donald Duck uh, impersonation in a movie is uh, New York Ripper I was thinking the exact same thing because <laughs> that's honestly any other other than Donald Duck himself, that's the only other thing I relate to Donald Duck with. Anyways. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the episode that, or the uh, the short that he was in was uh, Donald Duck and the Gorilla, or Donald Duck and the Killer Gorilla. And I remember this this short like kind of creeped me out as a kid because there's like mm. this spooky radio announcement that's like, uh, blah blah blah, Ajax the Killer Gorilla has escaped from the baba you know no emotion in the voice just this kind of yeah informative 
mm-hmm. and the kids freaking out and and Donald playing a prank on them and all of a sudden the real gorillas around there it's like it's a funny episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like I said it freaked me out uh-huh. it's my fear of gorillas <laughs> and uh, like my ultimate 100% favorite Tom and Jerry cartoon is uh, from this one which is the zoo cat but uh, I think I talked about that last time. That's good. I don't remember. You don't remember? <laughs> you might. Not so descriptive, though. We've talked. Do you know how many times we've talked? To- we've talked about Tom and Jerry. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm guessing like twelve, maybe. I don't know. Twelve. Enough. Uh, <laughs> the last one I'll mention is uh, once going back to Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny. Uh, Little Red Riding Rabbit came out. <laughs> and I just love that uh, in the story, it's Little Red Riding Hood is going to Grandma's house, but she's taking a rabbit uh, for some reason. And the voice actress that does <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood is like, Say Grandma! <laughs> I, <can't. laughs> uh, I kind of faced away from the mic, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, okay, but... Um, it's just, it's, I mean, it's hilarious. That's, that, that's mm-hmm. all I could say. It's got some cross-dressing in it, too. I, I really enjoy that. Um, mm-hmm. which, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, this is kind of late, but uh, during the Halloween segment, uh, the one of the boys, was, was, he, was he dressed as a woman with a mustache? They, they all mostly were. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Boys they as were. Gir- girls and girls as boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 2D had like almost like a Groucho Marx get up a little bit. That's true. That's a little stuff. Oh, yeah, she did. Uh, the kid you were talking about with the mustache, like, because he had like a gave stuffed himself shirt. an enormous chest. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> and a big butt. And it's like, it if, if there were a couple of changes, this would have gone into mammy territory. Like, it was, it was edging kind of close. That's that, it's that, um, yep. Yeah, that that's true. It's that fun uh, line. I was just thinking that of the uh, line from the other musical that I didn't get to be on the episode of. It's how old are you? It's old enough to appreciate a fine woman. <laughs> <laughs> and you have been outnumbered because both guests uh, do not like the like the kid from Gentleman for Fur Blondes. Oh no, he's not a good actor, but that line is killer. <laughs> oh no, they, they were creeped out by him. They don't oh, like okay. his performance at all. <laughs> wow. They were not charmed by that by that little that little boy. I think he's funny, but yeah, I was alone trying to defend that 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 part of the movie. <laughs> that kid had it together. I don't know if he had a dating profile. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so that's all, all for you. Your, your cartoons you mentioned. Yeah, that's it. All right, cool. So, Nolan, I guess you'll be back in the future for a Manelli movie. Just you gotta tell me which ones and if it's streaming. Yeah, you know, Spencer, I would love to do. Actually, I mean, some of his big ones are would be fine. Uh, I would love to do the Bandwagon. That would be a fun one. That's uh, a great one. If we do the musical route again, um, it's uh, it's all up to you. Cause, uh, so yeah, you, you know what? You, yeah, let's do that. Let, let okay. let's do the bandwagon sometime. That'd be right, great. Perfect. And uh, yeah, Jake, you'll be back for a couple other things that you picked. Yes. 
I just have to look at the list again. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have to remind me, too, because I forgot. And one, I think, I have to double-check if it's still streaming or not, because of the Anthony Mann movies I had on the list, like, most of them aren't streaming anymore, so I have to, hopefully. Oh, yeah. yeah kinda, kinda I may sucks. be able to uh, help you out with that, if you All remind right. me which titles they are. All right, perfect, because uh, that one I haven't got him. Uh, all right, so, uh, Nolan, you have a podcast, I, th- I believe? I do have a podcast. Uh, Cinema Parlor is its name. Uh, we are produced by the wonderful Melanie Daniels, and uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Plastic Werewolf, and you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Chuck Madden Jr., uh, which I am active now. I was private for a long time, but I've switched jobs and I can kind of be myself a bit more. Um, so uh, follow me on there if you will. Uh, we've got some upcoming episodes. This month we're going to be doing uh, episodes on The Exorcist and Blade Runner. Um, so a couple big ones there. Mm. Uh, so check that out. Um, you can find us at Cinema Parlor on Spotify and on uh, iTunes, Pod Center, and SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, perfect. And you were on episode last season, uh, uh, Breathless. Yes, the not I, the not good one. I wanted to come back for our for a discussion on Gadar's weekend, but sadly things did not no. uh, line up for me. But um, Which... I did enjoy talking about Breathless and. Uh, you know, yeah. such is life. I, I hope you've seen the Richard Gear version because that version is really good. I I actually bought the Blu-ray recently, but I have not yet watched it. I, I need to pop that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll be honest. I'm glad I there are two there 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 are two uh, more Godard movies we we're supposed to cover last season, but um, stuff happened where we we couldn't, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, thank God, I don't have to watch more <laughs> Godard. <laughs> So I was secretly secretly happy. I don't have to watch more. more I get you. More, more. <laughs> As someone that loves Godard still, I get you. <laughs> I respect him. I just don't care for the movies in general. Sure. Yeah, he and I have a uh, beef, even though we've never <laughs> met uh, over day for night. So anyway. Ah, yes. That what? Wait, day for night is uh, Truffaut. Truffaut. Yeah, he wrote that really weird letter to Truffaut, tell, oh. like telling him he sucked, and I just wanted to be like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll just keep it at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds like he is an interesting person. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> I feel like he's probably the thing about Godard is he's probably never worked like a hard job in a day in his life. No, no, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> like I was, I would, I'd compare him and like Pat Slaney. Because they kind of had similar um, uh, mm. lives to an extent, but Pasolini actually lived a kind of a tough life. Sure. Because he yeah. he was uh, growing up during World War Two. That's mm-hmm. when he like came out and stuff. It's like right. Well, he actually kind of lived a tougher life, and his yeah, movies are yes. more interesting, I think. As well, I won't right. disagree with you there. I love Gu- as someone who loves guitar. I will not disagree with you. Yeah. Again, he's important. It's just like yes, uh, very uh, important. Yeah. Anyway, so um, for me, um, I write for Grumpire sometimes. I have two articles that came out earlier, earlier this year. 
one on Godfrey Cambridge in his uh, brief career in the 70s uh, and one on Stormy Weather and how it's secretly a punk movie and I'll, I'm featured on a bunch of stuff on uh, uh, on a Grumpire and I have some other stuff I'm slowly, slowly working on that will eventually be on there awesome. and uh uh, oh, I was on the Mustachioed Podcastio talking about the King of Comedy. It was a fun discussion. I was surprised how much Daniel liked the King of Comedy. And it was uh, kind of... For, for that show, it got weirdly, like... It was weirdly focused and serious. Which <laughs> I think next time Joel should come on to, like, uh, bring back, like, the, the, the weird energy of the show <laughs> instead of it being, like, a serious film uh, show. <laughs> What are we talking about now? You should uh, you should go on Mustachio Podcastio Mustachio Podcastio again, but I'll, okay. I, but pick a fun yep. movie, not like the King of Comedy, because <laughs> I know you don't want to oh, talk about yeah. that. Yeah, okay, yep, I could do that right now. Um, I think th- I think there's a mustache and Tommy Boy, but I'm not hundred percent. Ah, that's a, yeah, that's too easy. <laughs> Gotta find the right mustache for the right time. Anyway, yeah, that's it for me, and. uh uh yeah, um Jake, the eternal guest. How, are you the guesty on stuff? Uh no, not right now. I'm uh working on a few things for my blog C for Cinema, which has been kind of dormant for a couple of years. Um, I've been rewatching the uh, story of film, an Odyssey, which is a seems to be compulsory for me uh, when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed by everything to watch um and i'm gonna do a little little piece on that um i'm also going to be going uh we talked about going to chicago i'm gonna be going to chicago in a couple of weeks because they are showing la rue the abel gaunt's film in completion the whole almost seven hours and uh kind of i'm gonna you know probably write about my experience with that that's Um, cool so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, there's a few things um, that I'm working on. So excellent. All right, J Dog, you got stuff. Wait, do you have stuff or no? Did did I did I ever have stuff? <laughs> no, I'm thinking about uh, streaming on Twitch again, just because I talk to myself all the time while I'm playing video games. So might as well. <laughs> Try to entertain somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, monetize it if you can. Yeah, I want that free, free cheddar. I want to be yeah. just like Godard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but it used to be JDT Games underscore KCD because somebody already took JDT Games. But on Twitter, it was JDT Games, and I still am, I think. And, and, um, Let's let's not do that. Uh, I I went back to a name I'm used since the good old Star Wars Galaxies days, which I had a, a Wookiee character, and his name was Das Putin, <laughs> and that's a name I've used a bunch of different places all over the time, and so that is now my streamer name, D A S P O O T I N. Yeah, the Wookiee makes sense for you. 
<laughs> what, what would be a good game to play? I mean, that's... It's... Uh, play well, Graveyard We can talk Keeper. about this after the podcast. <laughs> no, don't, don't play Graveyard Keeper. That's... Me and my fiance are, are, are kind of obsessed with that game right now. It's... Ooh, it, it's it's like it's like Stardew Valley, but they don't explain oh, anything. Oh no! Don't and don't so tell it's, me that. So it's a lot of like here are resources you can craft shit, figure it out, mm-hmm. and so it's very addictive in trying to figure out what the game wants you to do. Yeah. I'm not mad that you told me that there's another game like Stardew Valley up out there, but I'm probably not gonna be doing a lot. More. It's janky. I was telling you that if you do. Oh, it's janky. <laughs> okay. Well, then never mind. I'm good. Uh, it's it's not as good. Stardew is a, is a much better yeah. game, more polished. This game is kind of a. It's like old school, old school PC. I love how it thing. looks. Yeah, it's, it looks like it. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. It's char- I find it charming and stankiness, but I can see it putting people putting some people off because it's just okay. not at, noticeably not as polished. Hmm. <laughs> All right. That's it. I'll see you guys next time for whatever it is, uh, whatever it will be. The moment I saw him smile, I knew he was just my style, my only regret. We've never met, though I dream of him all the while. But he. Our theme music is by James Fell. Our logo is by Andrew Bargeron. You can find him as Jemetsko on Threadless, T Public, Redbubble, Shirt Woot Catalog, and T Theory. That is spelled G-I-M-E-T-Z-C-O. You can find our show in previous seasons on Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, and other places where you can find podcasts.